We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to a special bowl edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I am here in my hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, in advance of Saturday's Fiesta Bowl matchup between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. I'm joined today by somebody that I'm going to introduce a little bit differently. So I have told y'all recently that we are going to be expanding our team at Irish Breakdown that we are not going to just keep doing what we've doing. We're going to grow. We're going to get things bigger and bigger and bigger. And the first step to that was we're going to make a big splash in recruiting. And with that, I want to introduce to you one of two brand new official hires to Irish Breakdown. Not only is he a producer at ESPN Chicago, not only is he a co-host of the Lucky Lefty podcast, he is now also officially a recruiting analyst and recruiting reporter at Irish Breakdown, my man, Sean Davis. Yo, what's up, IB Nation? Yes. I've been trying to look, I've been doing podcasts all week for the last week or so, trying to hold on to this. <laughs> it's been so hard not to say something. <laughs> I literally just changed my profile on all of my social media as well within the last 30 seconds. So I am super excited to officially. I feel like I've always been a part of IB Nation, and but you I'm have. officially a part of the crew, and I'm ready to get started, man. We have also made another hire. So Sean is going to be one of our recruiting analysts. He is going to emphasize, focus mostly on Midwestern recruiting, and obviously being from Chicago, there's some very important players in the area this year for Notre Dame, and some very important players in the Midwest. He's obviously going to be a part of our recruiting coverage on the podcast. But he's also going to be doing like a lot of recruiting. He's going to be talking to players, interviewing players, getting scoop, building relationships. We've also hired as our, our director of recruiting and a recruiting analyst is Ryan Roberts. And some of you are familiar with Ryan. He writes NFL draft coverage for our site. He has been on the podcast before as well. Sean and Ryan officially met last night. So uh, they're going to be on board with it. Ryan is going to also be on board too, which I'm very, very excited about. And I just put a a post out on the story on the message board. I also put something out uh, on, on Twitter. I'm getting ready to put something out on Twitter that has Sean and Ryan's 
information as far as following them on Twitter. Yeah. So definitely going to want to check that out. So I'm excited, Sean. I'm ready to go. Michael Graves is excited for you. A little super chat there from Michael Graves. What's up, so Mike? Michael is making his first down payment towards uh, the Sean and Ryan salary fund. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, look, I, I told you all when, when we launched this that if you all support us in all the different ways possible, that we're going we're gonna to reinvest in Irish Breakdown and we're going to continue to grow. And this is a big part of it because the amazing growth we've had last year has come without us doing much recruiting coverage. I mean, we did some during the summer when I could do it. The other part about it now that these guys are on board, they're going to take it over full time. The other part about this, too, is, is not only does this make our recruiting coverage better, but now that we have two new people that are going to be producing content, it's going to allow me to dive into some things that we haven't done as much of, which is like film breakdowns, analysis, and other types of things that I'm going to be able to do that as well. So uh, Brandon asks, says this, Brandon, we will pro- uh, he, how are you guys going to juggle your other jobs as well as a recruiting position at Irish Breakdown? Uh, Ryan and Sean will, all, will both answer those questions when the time is right. Right now, this is what we're doing. Okay, so we're ro- we're rolling forward. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So Sean, officially, yeah, welcome on board. Even though, like you said, you've always been a part of our family here at Irish Breakdown, but officially, right. welcome aboard. This is going to be a lot of fun. But today is not about recruiting directly. No. Today is about this matchup between Oklahoma State and your Notre Dame Fighting Irish in the Fiesta Bowl. And as we always do, Sean, we are going to focus first and foremost on really what's at stake for Notre Dame. And yeah. Vince and I had a show recently, and I think that when Brian Kelly left and Marcus Freeman arrived, the stakes for this game changed dramatically, mm. in my opinion. For you, Sean, what's at stake for Notre Dame in this matchup? Well, I would totally agree with you. We actually did our uh, on our podcast earlier. We did our top three moments and plays of the year. And Brian Kelly leaving was number two. Mm-hmm. And what it did is I think it woke up the fan base. Because if you look at the Brian Kelly era, I think there were a lot of people, even though you were, it might have seemed like you were the lone voice for a lot of different things. There were a lot of people that felt the same way you felt, probably amongst former players, especially. They probably felt some of the same things that you felt. But I would say the fan base was divided about Brian Kelly in particular. He leaves, and all of a sudden, the entire fan base, probably except for a few that still just love what Brian Kelly did, no matter what you felt before, all of a sudden everybody got behind this big movement that was first, let's get Marcus Freeman signed up mm-hmm. and keep all the coaches. And then after that, you saw like how important this bowl game meant. And we know like the record, uh, Notre Dame hasn't won a you know, New Year's Day bowl in a long time. And, you know, big games in Brian Kelly's era, you know, how he's fared against top 10 competition. But now it's a proving ground, right? Because after all the pomp and circumstance of Marcus Freeman and the excitement about the changes and the enhancements that has been talked about, about the coaches and the players and the fan base, now it's put up a shut-up time. Mm-hmm. 
And now it's trying time to see what's the next step. What's it really all about? Really? Because you have the next two games might be, this is crazy. You talk about the importance of this bowl game. That's the domino that impacts the very next game, which is more than likely the most important game of next season when they walk into the horseshoe. So absolutely. All the stakes were doubled, tripled, whatever you want to say. The pot was full. Everybody went all in. And now, you know, the river card is going to be flipped on January 1st at that opening kickoff. And we'll see, you know, what Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, we'll see what they're holding at the end of the day. I think, Sean, for me, fair or not, I don't know how much this game moves the needle in regards to Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. I, I just I don't. I think 12 years in, I think, yeah, it'd be nice to get the, you know, the 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 big game thing off your back. It'd be nice to get that off your back. It'd be yeah. nice to, you know, get a win over a top 10 team. Those those are nice things. But it, it it's Oklahoma State, right? It's 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 not Bama, it's not Ohio State, it's not that that team that they haven't been able to beat. I think with Marcus Freeman, it's not so much about Oklahoma State specifically. It's about you now. This now becomes a much bigger win because potential win if they get it, much bigger game. Yeah. Because you had mentioned there's so much momentum. And you talked about the Notre Dame momentum. How long has it been since we've seen this much positive energy nationally? Yeah. about Notre Dame. I mean, you know how many times I've hammered ESPN and their anti-Notre Dame thing? I mean, you've got Stephen A. Smith, you know, all these people going on board. They're just like, they're all on board with Marcus Freeman being hired. Even Paul Feinbaum had some nice things to say about Notre Dame hiring Marcus Freeman, right? right. You lose this game and they're back to, okay, we can hammer them again because it's the same old Notre Dame. You win this game and that momentum just keeps building. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's it too. You've got... Uh, you know, we talked about this with Malik. You, me, you, you, Malik, you, myself, we were doing a show. I don't remember if it was the Thanksgiving Day show or if it was another podcast we did. It might have been on your show. You know, but I talked about that momentum that they had at the end of 2014 when they beat LSU. Mm. Even though they had lost four games in a row, yeah, beating LSU, you go into that whole season with this really good taste in your mouth. They were an eight and five football team. A year later, you go 10 and three, you finish ranked in the top 10, and you, your own losses are the top, top teams. But because your last two games are losses, they win in the offseason with a lot less momentum. Yeah. I think that kind of thing, that the energy that comes out of a game like this to me matters. Absolutely. And I think that's a big thing for Notre Dame as well. Notre Dame basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Notre Dame tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Irish tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish have an exciting veteran group infused with young talent that should take them deep into March. I can't wait to get out and watch the Irish play in person at Purcell Pavilion and so can you with TickPick. Visit TickPick.com Irish today to save $10 on your first 
order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's tickpick.com slash Irish, and you'll receive $10 off your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, we actually, it's much funny you mentioned that because we always talk about the 2015 team being probably the most talented team that Notre Dame had in the Brian Kelly era. And Jerron Jones pushed back on that when we spoke to him recently. Mm-hmm. He felt like the 2014 team was just as talented. And he, he, he pointed out how fast they started out mm-hmm. and then injuries hit. And he was saying, like, the only difference – and he was saying this because he likes the way Marcus Freeman has instituted this competition, like mm-hmm. being competitive ones-on-ones. And he was like, we didn't have that. He said, so when the injuries happened, the young players weren't ready. He said, we weren't ready for the live bullets. If we had that competition every day, we would have been ready. And he said, if you go to the USC game, when we were thrown into the fire at the end of that game, mm-hmm. It prepared us, along with the practices, to go into the LSU game and make plays because we were talented enough, but we just not have been developed and gotten the live reps to be able to be ready to go out and produce. So, he, and they part that parlayed into 2015 because he felt like they had the depth and they had the live bullets. And he talked about no one in that offseason in between 2014 and 2015. And I'm I'm interested in getting your 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 take on this. The importance of the bowl game, what Marcus Freeman has instituted, and now with the number of early enrollees they have, are all jobs open now going into this offseason? Because that's what they said. They felt like or they got the feeling that no one's job was secure going into 2015. And he said it was the greatest spring and fall camp that he ever experienced because of what you said, the momentum of 2014, those youngsters feeling like they were ready to play. And now they will, they were, they were, they were competing and challenging the veterans on the squad. And they felt like they had this extremely talented team in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I'm very interested now the momentum going off of Fiesta bowl win. Hopefully that's what we're hoping for. Right. The early enrollees, all the young talent that has come on late in the season. Now you're going to next season with the depth that you hope 
We'll see transfers and everything that happens in all seasons, of course. There will be some defections from the roster, I'm sure. But in all of that, I'm just interested in seeing, you know, how the competition goes at certain positions, you know, moving forward. I'm, it's an exciting time to be mm-hmm. a part of this Notre Dame fan base. That's that's first and foremost. Like, the yeah. excitement, I can't wait for opening kickoff. I, right. I can't wait. Because we're going to see, you know, what this Marcus Freeman team looks like. And we're going to have to have that conversation this summer, I think, or this offseason. Yeah. That'll be a fun, a, you know, which team was more talented. Yeah. I'm going to push back just for a second here, and then we'll get back to this matchup because Notre Dame didn't lose anything from the 2014 team, really. Yeah, right. I mean, right. they lost Ben Koyak, and that, I mean, that's the only guy that was drafted in the 2015 draft. Right. The 2014 team did not have Quentin Nelson in the starting lineup. You didn't have Mike McGlinchey in the starting lineup until the LSU game. And you could argue that in 2014, you obviously had a more experienced quarterback. And, and when up until the moment, Everett kind of lost it against Arizona State. Mm-hmm. You know, but you look at the 2015 team, Sheldon Day in 2015 was way better than Sheldon Day in 2014. Yeah. You know, Isaac Rochelle was really good that year. Jalen Smith was better. The only position I thought they got worse in 2015 compared to 2014 was middle linebacker because you had Joe Schmidt's injury. Right. And he wasn't the same player. Right. So I would I would just and you didn't have Kavari Russell in 2014. So in 2014, because he was suspended he for 2014. Suspended that year, right, right. So he comes back in 2015, and I think and and so and then also 2015 you had Will Fuller in year two, you had CJ Procise at running back as opposed to slot receiver, and you had Chris Brown was kind of coming into his own. So I would argue that 2015 was the more the more talented team. Well, I think. I think Jerome was really saying the talent was there. We just oh, the talent was there. I mean, the, the talent was there in 2011. I mean, go, you were talking about one of the more talented teams on Notre Dame's. Uh, uh, to me, the 2011 team was probably one of the three most talented teams Brian Kelly had. Yeah, I mean, you had you had I mean, Michael, you had Michael Floyd, you had Jonas Gray, Sierra Wood, Theo Riddick, Michael Floyd, Tyler Eifert, Zach Martin, Chris Watt. I mean, you could go down the long list of guys. Manti, you had all these players. Ethan Johnson was on that team. Ian Williams, no, Ian Williams gone in 2010. But you had, I mean, you had a te- you had Darius Fleming was still on that 2011 team. Robert Blanton was still on that 2011 team. Gary Gray, Jamore Slaughter before, because he got hurt in 2012. That 2011 team had the talent too. Same with 2014. Mm-hmm. 2015 to me just had it all more. But let's get back. Let's get back to this game because I think when I look at what's at stake, Sean, the momentum is there, not just from a perception standpoint. The momentum yeah. is there from a recruiting standpoint, right? This is something yeah. that you're going to be dealing with. If Notre Dame wins this game and goes 12 and up, 12 and one, Marcus Freeman in his first game sort of ends the big bowl game drought, the New Year's Six game drought. Yeah. He ends the top 10, you know, big top 10 win drought. And now he goes in the offseason when recruiting with a with a a win in a Fiesta Bowl under his belt. That's just going to, to me, skyrocket recruiting as well. So I really feel like a win is is a must in this game because you need to capitalize on this momentum. It's like with anything, momentum is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's more impacts your program off the field than it does on the field. And if Notre Dame can capitalize on the excitement around Marcus Freeman's hire by having eight months of him being one and zero over a top ten team to go right. on the recruiting trail, that's huge for Notre Dame. So that's and another reason why I think this is a big one. To borrow a, an album from Jay Z, "The Streets Are Watching." Okay, that's acceptable. Yeah, the, 
the streets are watching. Like everybody's watching. Like you have, you are the biggest brand in college football, arguably. You are on New Year's Day at one o'clock. And guess what? You have a chance to make a statement to the national media. You have a chance to make a statement to your fan base. And you have a chance to make a statement to maybe possibly one of the most pivotal, pivotal recruiting classes in Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman's tenure. 2023, for multiple reasons, could be the most pivotal recruiting class for Marcus Freeman. And that recruiting class is sitting at home watching, saying, okay, Marcus Freeman, what do you have? So the importance of this game is, is, is immeasurable. Like, I don't even think our words can quantify mm-hmm. how important and how big this game is for Marcus Freeman moving forward. There are no words. It's time to just literally, look, put the football on the tee and let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. let's see. Like, show yeah. us. Like, yeah. we've heard everything. Now, show us. Let's see what a Marcus Freeman team actually looks like. And, and again, this is only going to be a sample of it because he only has 15 games to mold the team the way he wants. You and I both know it takes an entire offseason to really develop the character of what you want your football team to look like. Yeah. So it's not one of those, however it looks on Saturday, is going to be exactly what it's going to look like next year. Yeah. There's going to be some areas that are going to look different, right? And and I think that Marcus Freeman did the transition in the right way where he made some immediate changes but also didn't – completely turn things over. I mean, there's still some similarities to what they've done. Mm-hmm. He didn't just say, okay, let's substitute eight new guys that I thought should have been playing or, you know, whatever. It's like, hey, look, a lot of ways we're going to still keep this thing rolling. And then you get to the point, too, where, you know, the co- there was so little turnover on the coaching staff. I mean, really all you lost is Brian Polian. If you really think about it, it's the only coach you actually lost. Yeah. Because every other – I mean, Jeff Quinn is still coaching the offensive line for the game. Dell Alexander is still coaching the receiver. I mean, the offensive staff hasn't been touched at all other than Brian Kelly, who some of us think was somebody holding the offense back. Yeah. And and defensively, that's where the side of the ball where there was some change because Marcus Freeman's not putting the game plans together anymore and won't be calling plays. But the staff is still there. Yeah. So I think that that you know you you want to shake things up, but not to the degree where you're starting over. That's going to happen in January second when they get back, right? It's when the, the okay now we're going to do things. Now we hit the button. Yeah, right. That's the total not reset button, but you know hard turn in my direction kind of way. And that's going to be the interesting thing because the no. next week's going to be. I mean, we're going to hear about new coaches. We're going to hear yeah. all. I mean, next week's going to be crazy. So basically you're saying Marcus Freeman got hired and now, and I think he said this in his initial statement to his players in the locker room from this day forward to the bowl game. It's about you guys mm-hmm. and, and these seniors, right? The enhancements were about the players, right? Getting the players better and getting them, them to win this game, this game. Absolutely. Right. And right. like you said, January 2nd, now big picture. The program moving forward. How do we enhance things? Coaching staff, additional spots, analysts. How we go about? How we go about it? One of, the things, right. one of the things he did say that you know all of the tracking systems that Brian Kelly used, the metrics to follow, you know, players, how far they run, how much 
they've uh, accomplished during a practice. He's going to keep that around. He thinks it's beneficial. But the impact of Jim Tressel and all the previous coaches that he's worked under, I think you'll start to see him put his actual, his full hand on this program and you'll get his fingerprints on everything rather than everything kind of being a blend of what was and what you're going to see in the future. So, right. Absolutely. Right. So let's dive into keys to the game, Sean. Let's get I it. think we could come up with seven, eight or nine, 10 keys. I have, I have three and I'm, I want to, kind of hear your thoughts on those and then some keys that you might have. I think the yeah. biggest thing for me, and we're going to start with the Notre Dame offense. I think the biggest thing for me at the very at the very outset is they've got to start fast. Mm. And and there's big there there's sort of a an emotional component to that and a practical t- component to that. The emotional component to that is you need to come out early and just all the work you've put in and all the change and everything that's happened, you come out early and you've got a chance to say, Hey, let's go do this thing. You know, let's, let's go, let's go get this. Let's go, let's go do what we've been putting forth on. You know, let's, let's get the, let's get the ball out. Let's make the catches. Let's get the runs. Let's do all these different types of things. And let's start getting some momentum. All the things we, we thought we could do that we thought we were capable of against this great defense Mm-hmm. come out early and I think that gives them an emotional boost if they can put a couple early scoring drives together right yeah. then the second part of that is practically this isn't an aggressive attacking Oklahoma State defense mm-hmm. if you can put them on their heels early and and have success throwing the football have success running the football hit a couple gash runs you know use motion shifts tempo all these types of things some reverses some different things to kind of really get them being like, whoa, wait a minute, what, what's coming at us right now? Then I think that also practically plays into your hands because it gets them out of their game. Because if they're just able to pin your ears back and come at you, right, boy, that that you're you're in for a long day when that happens. And I think that the the early success, you know, find some success in the run game, get the ball out quickly, slow Oklahoma State down is going to play a huge benefit to the offensive line, which honestly is in a matchup that they don't have the advantage in my opinion. Right. So what can you do schematically? What can Jack Cohn do to get the ball out quickly to make sure he set the protections correctly, to make sure that he's throwing off, you know, the hots and, you know, getting the ball where it needs to get to, 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 to say, okay, well, you, you can keep coming at us, but we're making you pay for coming at us, yeah. right? And I think that's another reason why really coming out fast is going to be important for this. And I don't care, I don't care if they run it eight straight times or throw it eight straight times. I don't care. Get down the field, put the ball in the end zone early. I think that's that's really the key for me in this game, Sean. That's and my that, number one. That is important because all we have heard from players is that the difference in Marcus Freeman's practices and the vibe is the competition. Michael Mayer said, I'm in better shape than I was in the middle of the season after these practices. I feel like I'm doing more than I've ever done in the practice while here at Notre Dame. That's all we've heard from multiple multiple players multiple athletes on the team. Okay. So this is what is preparing you not to come out flat. Cause I've talked to several players that former players as well that said, yes, that's the way it was. It was more business-like. It was more NFL like practices. And in big games, we came out flat because it wasn't that edge. Marcus Freeman is creating that edge in practice. So the first thing which we should see the first sign 
of things are different is starting fast. Right. That's why it's important. Emotional energy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the first thing we should see from the opening kickoff is that Notre Dame is coming with the energy, they're coming with the swag, they're coming with the intensity. Why? Because that's what they've been practicing like. And that's the momentum they're bringing from the practices into this game. We should see that immediately after the opening kickoff. That should be the first sign that there's a difference in this team. Number two sort of plays into this, and I think this is going to be important too, number one, and that is you've got to protect quarterback. And and that doesn't just mean your own line's got to play great. It means you as a coach have to do, you have to move the pocket. You, you have to do play actions. You have to do half rolls. You have to do sprint outs. You have to do yeah. bootlegs naked. You have to do screens. You have to change the launch point. You have to. You can't just have Jack Cone. That, that doesn't mean 75% of the throws are Jack Cone on the run. It just needs to be enough to where if the, you catch them in a blitz and he's booting outside or he's got a half roll or something like that, mm-hmm. you're going to be in trouble, right? Those and I think there's some counters they can do off that. We talked about it last week. You know, you yeah. you hit a couple sprint outs and all of a sudden Notre Dame runs a sprint draw and Oklahoma State's scraping over top. They've made their adjustments to get their linebackers going here and they're going to fold this way and all that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you run a sprint draw to Logan Diggs or Chris Tyree. They're taking it out the back door. And it's you know I'd say strike up the band, but they didn't decided not to bring the stinking band on the game. So, but you know it'd be you know. Start cheering, right? Get excited, Notre Dame fans, because it's about to be six on the board. So I think those are things that they need to do as well, in my opinion, Sean, is is to – they've got to protect the quarterback. If Jack Cohn gets into rhythm in this game, that's where Notre Dame could actually have a convincing win. I, I agree totally. That's – that's. I mean, I, I think he could, he could be big if he gets into a rhythm, especially if he gets into a rhythm in the first quarter. Just come out hot. I mean – We've seen it. When Jack Cohn gets rolling, it's hard to get him off. It really is. You know what we've been saying all week? And we made this analogy, and I hope you really can can, can I would love to get your opinion on it. Tommy Reese is the DJ for this big party that's called a mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. And a DJ can ruin a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. A bad DJ can ruin a party. Yes. And it's Tommy Reese's job to keep the dance floor clear and what i mean by that because most of you would think like most djs you want to see the the dance floor crowded right Mm -hmm. no no you have to keep the dance floor clear especially for jack cone Mm -hmm. you can't move that good right so we need him to have some rhythm we need him to have room to get a rhythm and that is what the offensive line of these running backs along with tommy reese and his play calling are going to have to do for jack cone early in this game they're going to have to keep the dance floor clear Give him some room to be able to move his feet. He's not as rhythmic as other quarterbacks. Right. Well, he needs room. Other quarterbacks can work in the pocket when it's a cluttered dance floor. Not mm-hmm. Jack Cone. Not Jack Cone. You have to give him room. You have to give him time. And like you said, if he gets in a rhythm, the weapons are there. Like, in my opinion, I don't think on the back end, I don't think they can cover the multitude of weapons that Notre Dame has at running back in the passing game, tight end, wide receiver, especially mm-hmm. if he gets tied. Now, if they make him uncomfortable and muck up the game, which what that's what Oklahoma State wants to do. They want to muck it up. All right? Yep. They, want, they want to make it about turnovers, and sacks. and Force him to get the ball out super absolutely. fast, make it around mm-hmm. the ball. Yep. yep. So that's what they want to do. And it's up to Tommy Reese, especially early, 
The script plays in anticipation of that pressure and that aggression, especially the linebackers are so aggressive. And I think that's one of the things Baylor took advantage of early is the aggression of the linebackers. And they got the tight ends going early, which is like their third option most times in games. They got their tight ends going early. They got Oklahoma State on the heels, and then they start going to other things, and they started the running. I think their running game really picked up in the second quarter and was really effective. So like you said, regardless of whether or not Tommy comes out and runs the ball eight times out the gate or whether or not he takes a big shot, whatever game plan he has, ultimately the game plan has to be about getting Jack Cone comfortable and in the rhythm early. And then offense, because Jack, we've seen Jack. Jack's going to be steady. Mm-hmm. And if it becomes a fourth quarter game, I'm definitely ch- taking Jack Cohn over Sanders. Yes. Yeah. Fourth quarter game. So I feel very comfortable about that. But you're right. You're, you're spot on with your first two points. Your first two spots. Let's see if I can bring it home with point number three. No, let's okay. get it. Three for three. This is still a great defense that they're facing. You're yeah. not going to beat this defense by four quarters of slant, quick out, screen, mm-hmm. run, slant, yeah. quick out, screen, cross, drag, right? You're going to have to hit some big plays yes. in this game. That is going to come down to Tommy Reese being innovative in how he designs the game plan. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to protecting the quarterback. It's going to come down to Jack hitting those open. They're going to get about three or four opportunities in this game to hit a big play down the field. They got to run the right routes. Jack's got to get the ball and you got to bring it in. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. simple as that. You have yeah. to do that. And you need to find a way to get a couple gash runs in the run game. You got to get a couple 20 plus yard runs in the run game. I don't care if they're reverses. I don't care if they're jet sweeps. I don't care if they're sprint draws. You've got to get a couple gashers. So you're going to need about, to me, four or five big plays in this game. You know, obviously, I'm thinking 30 plus, you know, 20 plus in the run a couple, you know, 30, 40 plus in the pass, you're going to need some of those kind of plays in this game. Yeah. Big plays to me. So a fast start, protect the quarterback, and hit some big plays. Those to me are going to be the keys. And, and I'll be honest with you, the defensive keys are going to sound real similar to the offensive keys <laughs> because, Sean, these two teams are so similar in a lot of ways about how their programs are oriented. But to me, Notre Dame has the better offense of the two. Yeah. And they've got to play like it. And these are the three ways. And I could talk about, you know, be creative with your game planning and, you know, you know, be good on third down. All those things play into a fast start. Yeah. You know, they, they you know, you got to score in the red zone. All those things play into a fast start. Those things all play into big plays, you know, being creative, using your personnel correctly, use mayor, use this guy. It's all part of those three keys. And if the offense can do that, I think we can see a 27 plus point game from the Notre Dame offense, which if you score 27 or more against Oklahoma State, that's a really good performance. Yeah. Because the number of offense, and I'm talking offensively scored 27 points, the number of offenses on their schedule in 13 games that have scored more than 24 24 points offensively is a grand total of zero. Zero teams have scored more than 24 points offensively against Oklahoma State. Zero. You know, so you get to 27 plus, you've had yourself a pretty good day. Yeah, you know, and I think that those are the keys to doing that. Sean, do you have any other keys that you would add to this? But my third key kind of like connects to what you just talked about. I need Tommy Reese and this entire coaching staff to read the room. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what I mean by that, what you have instituted in the last 15 practices is all about taking the leash off of this team. If we've been saying that Brian Kelly has held this team back, then guess what? This is the game to take the leash and let them go be the dogs that they are. Mm -hmm. let, so don't become out passive when you've been having aggressive practices, one-on-one, -on -one, ones against ones, competition. That's been the theme. If that's the theme, let this team off the leash. Let them go play. Coach them to be aggressive and call the game for that team, for your team to be aggressive. Read the room. That's all I want the coaches to do. Read the room. Your guys are ready. They're amping. Michael Mayer said, I'm just ready to play. This was two days ago. Like, look, to get all these practices, all the talk, I'm ready to play. And I feel like the rest of the team feels the same way. So you know what? When they come out that tunnel, coach just like they feel. Coach aggressive, let them off the leash, and let them go be the playmakers that they are. What we have to find out, Sean, that's a great point. What we have to find out is I don't think it's it's possible. For one game, you can do that. You can do that whole, hey, oh, yeah. you got to turn them loose for one game. Right. What I'm curious is going to be about is, is this, is this sort of just who they're going to be, number one? And number two, how you mm -hmm. play into it. If you do come out and have success doing that, it adds even more credence to the notion of that's just who you have to be. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. you should especially be that way in big games. Right. You know, where you come out with the energy, you turn it loose, you make it about the players. And, and Brian Kelly's biggest, one of his many flaws was it was always about him. And when they had success, it was his great coaching. When they didn't have the success, we don't have the players. Right. Yeah, I want to see Marcus Freeman say, you know, this is about the players, which is what he said. And, the, and that means it's about their energy, their emotion, their passion, their fire, their ability to execute. And it's our job to put them in a position to be able to do all those things. If you do what they, you say, Sean, and they come out and they play with the energy, the emotion, the fire, turn them loose, use your best players, let your best players be their best players. Yeah match and then surpass Oklahoma State from an intensity standpoint, from an energy standpoint. I want to see Notre Dame hitting dudes and then just getting up, just, just you know, making big hits and then getting up like Marcus Freeman when he came through the door when he was announced to the team as the, as the head coach. Like, you know, Absolutely. you know, just the, that fire, that energy. I want to see that, you know. And, and that's something that needs to happen. You Look, we've been the, the, the goody, goody two-shoes team, right? Like, we've been the, the program that gets good grades and our guys are really good kids and they go into great men after the field and all of that and all of that. But at the end of the day, on Saturdays and on January 1st or in the college football playoff, when the clock hits zero, I want Notre Dame to have more points. I'm not worried about the graduation rate mm -hmm. as a fan. Right. I'll worry about that the day after. Yeah, I'll worry about that January 2nd. <laughs> Absolutely. And on January 1st, I don't care about graduation rate. All I want to know is third down conversion. Can we convert, which is going to be key against this defense because they're very good at third downs and keeping teams from being able to continue drives, which plays into big plays. Like you said, you're not about to methodically work your way down the field against mm -hmm. this team consistently for four quarters. We need big plays. I don't want the big plays just to come in offense. I want big plays in defense. I want big plays in special teams. 
I want to see a difference in the special teams. I want to see a total aggressive, just a total aggressive domination. That's 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 on my wish list. Yes, okay. I want Notre Dame to dominate this game. I yes. do. Now, yes. Oklahoma State is not about to allow that to happen. No. There's going to be some point in the game they're going to push back. And when they push back, you have to be able to take their hit and then respond mm-hmm. and let them know we are the better team on this field today. Right. I think the entire fan base wants to feel that permeating from their TVs. We mm-hmm. want to feel like, yes, this is a different team. This is a team with swag. This is a team that knows that they're a beast. Mm-hmm. They know it. And they're playing like it finally. And they're allowed. It's okay for them. It's, it's, yes. it's There's no negative connotations to playing that way. It's, what, it's what's expected of you now. Right, right. Agree completely. Agree completely. Before we dive into our defensive keys and then our game prediction, Sean, I do. There are some some super chats that we, we, we need to get to. And also, because we didn't do a live show yesterday, part of the reason we didn't do a live show yesterday mm-hmm. is because Vince's wife and his five children were taking him out for his birthday. And so otherwise, Sean and Vince would have been doing the show yesterday while I was traveling. Like, we're doing the show today because Vince is traveling down to Arizona today. So Tommy did a super chat, wanted to wish Vince a a happy birthday. It is a day late, but trust me, Vince will appreciate it very, very much. They are in the air right now, I believe, getting ready to head down. Actually, I need to text Vince right now and see if they're in the air yet. But... uh, so, yes, yes, yesterday was Vince's anniversary. I believe Vince is still in his 30s, but I think this might be his last year uh, in his 30s. So he's going to have to enjoy that. So, Sean, you and I, unfortunately, already know what it feels like to no longer have a three in front of our uh, age, but it's all yes. good. It's all good. Let me ask, let me ask so, you a yes, question. Let me yeah, ask you ahead. a question. So before we switch over to the defense, a lot of people, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bummed that the band won't be able to travel. Like, I, I felt yes. like, yo, that sucks for the kids. It really stinks for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, I just threw this out there. I said, you know what? I understand for, like, regular season home games. I understand, you know, coming out to the fight song. I said, but big-time games, I feel like that's like a big-time fight in Vegas. Like, games like this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wonder if mm-hmm. teams should be allowed to come out to whatever music choice they feel like fits what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be too far-fetched? You think colleges would ever... Not, the only reason I brought it up because the band isn't there. So I'm like, okay, if the band's mm-hmm. not there to play, what should Notre Dame come out to? Like, Because I don't want them coming out to a pre-recorded version of the fight song. and No, like, mm-hmm. you know, come out to something that, you know, represents how you feel. And the the aggressiveness you want to play with, and the aggression you want to play with, it was just something, man. I, I was just I, I'm I'm interested in seeing what people think about that. If people are traditionalists and they want to stick to the pageantry, I understand. That's why I said for regular season games, you stick to the script. But I feel like for big time games like this, that feel like almost like a Las Vegas fight where you have the entries of both guys with their own music. I would like to mm-hmm. see something, you know, something big time. I don't love the idea of coming out to a pre-recorded version of the fight song. No, I, I don't. I, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah, I because it doesn't sound the same. It, it, no. When the band does it, it's just like it's still, man. After all these years of covering the team, it's still like when the band plays the fight song, it's still like you get you know, chills. 
it hits me in the feels, you know, it just, it does, you know, it it does. And, but when I, when I listen to it, you know, it just doesn't have the same thing. It doesn't mean the same thing for me. Now, like you want to play when they score a touchdown. Okay. I guess. Right. Right. But no, I I would, I wouldn't mind that. Now, again, you have to be careful because there is a level of appropriateness that you need to make sure that you're hitting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The the people in the stands, right. I'm my 12 year old nephew there. You know, I don't want to, I don't right. want, you know, certain things being played that maybe I would have probably had on my headphones coming out to a game if it was like <laughs> Wouldn't want my dad, my, mom and dad, my grandmother to hear what was on my headphones before a game, you know what I mean? I totally agree. So, uh, you know, hey, hey, mom, listen to this Wu-Tang or Tupac song. You're going to love oh, it. Man. No, no. Uh, w- wouldn't have gone well. But uh, That would get vetoed. Yeah, I- I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, it's again because it's 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 um, if it happens in Notre Dame Stadium, I'm hot. I'm I'm not happy. I'm right. Not, that's a tradition right. you don't get rid of. Right. And if the band was there, it'd be the you same. And, and, and that you're saying the same thing. If the band yeah. was there, you're the band's playing the fight song. We're just saying since the band's not there, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. We also have a super chat from 808 Eds. Happy holidays, Brian and Vince. Now, he put this out before he knew Sean was going to be on the show. This is before the show even started, which we appreciate. Thank you for the super chat. Super excited about the future of Notre Dame football and IB Nation. Go Irish. And I am very excited about both as well. There's no doubt about that. we got a few of these super chats I want to get through here, Sean. Okay. Including some uh, that are part of the paying Sean and Brian uh, fund. So we had that one. We had this one from Matt, 2011 GT. Congratulations, Sean. He's very excited about that as well. John A1, congratulations, Sean. Give us your background, college, et cetera. Do you care to do that, Sean? That's fine. I'll fly through it. I went to the wonderful Morgan Park High School. has the most state championships across all sports in the last 30 years. Shout out to all my Mustangs. (laughs) Uh, Then I went to the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, I-L-L-I-N-I. Came home, did corporate, uh, then decided to get into sports radio and uh, ended up at WGN, go Blackhawks, then uh, ended up at ESPN, coming up on almost six years at ESPN. And now I am the recruiting analyst at Iris Breakdown, mm-hmm. lifelong Notre Dame fan. So it is a dream job to be covering your favorite team. This is easy work. Like mm-hmm. this is. This is easy. I get to talk Notre Dame football and talk to recruits. This is a blessing. So I'm super excited, and that is my background as fast as I can do it. And a phenomenal dude. I appreciate that. That's, that's that. part of that, too. But you can't say that. You're like, And I'm also a phenomenal dude. Right? No, I like, can't say that. You got to let somebody else say that. Otherwise, but you just – I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Nolan Esparza says, congrats to my boy, Sean, Petty Train Conductor. (laughs) (laughs) Spark5219, I want to donate to Sean joining the IB Nation family. So, Sean, I'm already having some donations to help me pay your first month's salary. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. (laughs) PK4ND, two honorary degrees for you guys, PhD in football studies for Brian and an MA, Master of Analogies for Sean. Go Irish. PK, appreciate you. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Patrick Fitzgerald, can, thank you for the super chat, Patrick. Congrats, Sean. Random question, but any idea of capacity and fan attendance? Curious to see if either team has an advantage with crowd noise. I would imagine that 
that I mean these are these games like this are usually pretty kind of close to 50-50. I haven't where we're staying out in Scottsdale, I honestly haven't seen any fans of either team, to be completely honest with you. But we're a little bit of a ways away from the stadium. So I imagine that I'm not overly surprised by that. The capacity is, I believe it's in the 60,000s. NFL stadiums tend to be a little smaller than college stadiums, like the big college stadiums. Looking at online, it says that it's 63,400, can be expandable up to 72,000. So it'll be a, a you know smaller compared to Notre Dame, but it can be it can get loud to, because it's like it's an indoor. It's basically going to be indoor. I would imagine mm-hmm. with the calls for potential rain this weekend that they're going to have the roof. It's one of those retractable roofs. It can it can be open, but I don't think it will be open based on what we've seen so far. But uh, I don't think crowd noise is going to be a huge advantage. For, I think crowd noise is going to be an advantage for the team that's playing the best. You know what team can get the momentum and get their crowd into the game. I think that's and that kind of plays into the, the keys that we talked about earlier, Sean, with the offenses starting fast. Get your crowd excited and shut theirs up. Kay Grant with a super chat. Thanks for that very much. You got a couple more down here and then we'll get back to this. Sean Hopkins says, no, 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 I've got to sing it. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye is a shot at Kelly. <laughs> so that's good. Nice. <laughs> Christopher LaFaro likes your idea, Sean, and he said, come out to Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Uh, Marvin Gaye's version of Let's Get It On is not the kind of let's getting it on that you want the players doing on national TV, you know? And if they try to do that to the Oklahoma State players, that's usually like a personal foul or, yeah. you know, some kind that's, of some kind of penalty. So uh, That's funny. Yeah, I uh, I uh, would not necessarily like that. I would, like To me, like, I would like, come out to, like, some sort of, like um, – you know, like the the attitude era of WWE. You know, like the way that their intros were. There's like some kind of noise, like you know, Steve was Stone Cold. It was the glass breaking it, with the Rock. Yeah. It was him shouting. It, you know, it was all right. that kind of stuff. Like something like that, and then just have something just hype coming out. Yeah. You know, like DX had their break the walls down thing that first gets shouted. Right. I'd like to see something like that. Something you know like that. I mean? That would be cool. Something that has like an announcement. Like you hear the noise. Like oh wait, here here you know what's what's about to happen. So I'd have to think about what I'd want to come out to in the situation. I saw someone in the chat say "Eye of the Tiger." I thought I would, I would be cool with that. Yeah, it's a little you bit know. too old school for me. I don't know if any of the kids on the team have any clue what that song is. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't pick that. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay. They're allowed to not have style or class or any you know, good culture. I mean, uh, Marcus Freeman would probably pick uh, DJ Khaled. All I do is win. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Maybe he would pick that. Or his his realm, yeah, his age. Yeah. And then uh, Hulk Strongest just watched the 80 – thank you for the Super Chat, Hulk. Just watched the 89 Fiesta Bowl. If they can bring that kind of swag, we win. I agree. Matt, 2011 GT with a Super Chat. Some cash for Sean's oatmeal raisin cookies. Honestly, that was it. Like when I was like thinking about who I was going to hire – you know, as my recruiting analyst, and I was like, you know, com- 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 thinking of the different people that that were going to be on my radar. You know, Sean was there because he's a friend. I think he would do a, well. First of all, because I think he'd do a great job. Second, because he's a friend, someone I trust. Right. But when it was like when he made the decision to t- take oatmeal raisin cookies over chocolate chip cookies, I was like, this is a no brainer. Like I have to bring this guy <laughs> on staff fully. I mean, it's just. It's a no-brainer. I mean, I don't, I don't and then the indignance that you had towards anyone that would actually think that there was another option was also. I don't, I don't understand it. 
I just yeah. don't. Yeah. Thank and then you AST, what's that? Go ahead, Sean. Thank you for the $20 towards my cookies, though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. AST12321, usual version of an illegal touching flag with that song. Yes. yes. Yes, yes. It's kind of like that scene from Necessary Roughness, you know. He's doing like the, the, the elite, he's like doing the karate moves. Karate moves, right? Yeah, thrust. He's like, oh, forget it. Fifteen yards. Let's go. Uh, let's see here. Uh, dropping dimes. Is Vince still going to be on the show? Of course, of course. And matter of fact, we're bringing. Oh, he got kicked out. We're bringing Vince on right now, baby. What's up, Vince? <laughs> Somebody asked, "Is Vince still going to be part of?" The show? Oh, I fired you to bring on Sean Ryan because we have now announced that Sean and Ryan are part of the team. So Vince, you see, still rocking IV gear. Vince is, of course, going to be part of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. Are you kidding me? So Vince, before before we let you get on your flight, we got to get we're, we haven't quite got to the score predictions yet, but we needed to get you on. Oh, have Sean, Vince, and, and me together for our, now that Sean has officially been announced. Like Vince has known this too, and it's been hard for all of us to kind of oh. quiet. I'm so fired up about that. By the way, I read the post obviously on the on the message board. Totally fired up about it. Like now, it's like official, official. And right. Sean, I'm I'm so pumped, man. I am happy birthday to you, bro. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, one year more around the sun. Yeah, it was so crazy. <laughs> We were just sharing like our uh, wrapping paper story on Christmas Day. Vince and I were texting back and forth each other, talking about walking around, cleaning up wrapping paper and putting it in the bags. This <laughs> man, we've always, always been, uh, it's been family. And Absolutely. now just to add another piece to the relationship, man. Now I got to pay all these guys as part of my family. That's the only <laughs> bad thing about it. Like, I'm the father that's like dishing out the allowance every month. Like, here you go, here you go, here now, you go. Now you know how it feels, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Vince, before we before we let you go, because I know you're going to have a flight to board here really quick, we wanted to make sure we got you on and got your game prediction. Okay. All right. Well, this was tough for me, and you're kind of catching me off guard, but I'm thinking a I'm going 31 17 Irish. Okay. okay. I think that uh, I, I feel like Notre Dame is going to put some points on the board. I really do. Even though this Oklahoma State defense is one of the best that they've seen all season, uh, I still feel really, really good about the direction of this team. I think they're going to come out fired up. Um, it's the 17 part is the part that I'm having trouble with because I don't know if this defense is going to give up 17 points. Um, but I still uh, see the over under is like 45 and a half. And I was thinking over like at the beginning, like early December. But the more and more I think about this defense, the more excited I get about it. The, the potential with Cam Hart being out gets me a little on edge. So I'm going to stick with the 17. Uh, so 31 17, that's where I'm going. Okay. There you go, Vince. Vince had to get on here. We had to get Vince on here to, 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 to let everybody know Vince is not going anywhere. Okay. No. Uh, this is this is more so about the expansion of Irish Breakdown, IrishBreakdown.com. Yeah, baby. And expanding our recruiting coverage. This isn't taking away. This is building on top of what we're already doing. Yes. Not taking away from something else. That's what this is about. So, so yes, Vince. Vince is going to be part. But Vince, hey man, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Have a safe Absolutely. flight. And Absolutely. I'll see you here very, very shortly because I got to go it. get Vince checked into the hotel and <laughs> get all that stuff going too. So yeah, so thanks. So so pumped. So safe, pumped. safe travels, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Yep. Okay.
So, Sean, let's get into some defensive keys. Let's do it. First one for me is kind of an anti to point two of the offense. They got to attack the quarterback. Got to attack the quarterback. They they, yep. they have got – if they rattle Spencer Sanders, he'll do what he does every other time he's rattled. He's going to turn yep. the ball over. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to he's gonna throw the ball on the ground, miss an open receiver. You know, those are the things he does when he gets pressured. And not just a sack here, sack there, just a consistent pressure. You've got to get consistent. Notice I didn't say sack Spencer Sanders. I said you got to attack Spencer Sanders. You've got to mm-hmm. mix up your coverages post snap. You've got to bring pressures from different places where he doesn't know what's coming. You know, he may think, right. "Oh shoot, they're coming with a field fire," and then next thing you know, that guy drops, and you're bringing your boundary corner on a on a on a boundary yeah. corner fire. You yeah. know what I mean? And then that guy gets a hit that knocks the ball out. Those are the things that they need to do. Is they've got to they've got to get him looking around like, where's the pressure coming from? You know, and that doesn't mean blitzing every time. That means, is Foskey going to beat this guy this time? Is it going to be Adam Neola? Is it going to be Tung Below? Is it going to be Kurt Heinrich? Or is it going to be all of them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they they cannot let him get comfortable in the pocket. They have to attack Spencer Sanders. That's spot on. That's definitely the first key. Make him uncomfortable and allow, allow him to be who we know who he is. That's it. Allow him to become the quarterback that we know he can become if you put pressure on him and you confuse him. Absolutely. That's the for me, that's the biggest point. And I'm very interested in the nuances of knowing when to make certain calls. Mm-hmm. Since Mike Elson is going to be the one calling primarily calling the defenses, you know, big opportunity. Kudos to Mike Elson. He deserves his opportunity. And I'm very interested in seeing the nuance of him having the timing for certain calls because that's one of the things we talked about when Bronco Mendenhall paid the ultimate respect to Marcus Freeman. And he said, yo, the way he confuses quarterbacks and what he uses and the adjustment he makes in game. I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Elson can continue that trend. And he was excited in his press conference talking about the youth, especially on the back end and how they've developed over the last two or three months. For this team so yeah i'm looking forward to cam hart news and i felt the same way i'm like if he doesn't play i, w- I would love to see him play but it's next you know when you hear ryan barnes being bumped up and looking good in practice it's like okay let's let's see him play mm-hmm. you know because if yep. this staff has had a hand in him improving the same way xavier watts has improved and the same way the other youngsters have improved okay mm-hmm. let's put him on the field we still have Tariq Bracey, who has a ton of snaps. We still have Clarence Lewis. Let's go play. Right, next man in. Step next up and get it in. done. Absolutely. Yeah, step up and get it done. That's going to be the key. That's yeah. going to be the key. Number two for me, Sean, is you've got to limit the big plays. We talked about this. Vince and I talked about this on our was it our, our Tuesday show, I think, or our Monday yeah. show. I can't remember which day we did the whole stacking up the defenses, right? Yeah. You can't the, – the, the Oklahoma State's not good enough to just consistently move the ball up and down the field on eight, nine-play drives. They're just not. At least they shouldn't be. If they are, then that's a big problem for Notre Dame because they're not good enough. They may do it, but they're not good enough to do it. Right. They're going to need – just like Notre Dame, they're going to need big plays. You've got to limit the big plays. Absolutely. You've got you've to not let them get the big you – know, and they also can't be big plays where if a guy just outplays you for a ball and they have to – you know, that's going to happen a couple times, you know. Hey, Martin may just outplay somebody for the ball. It's part of the game. You can't let a guy catch a ball at five yards. He, you miss a tackle, and then he runs for 30. You know, yeah. you can't miss a gap assignment in the run game, and they cut back and run it for 30 or 40. You know, you can't 
you can't definitely can't give those up, but you even more so you can't give up the big scoring plays. Right. You can't. You got to make them move up and down the field. That's going to be the key. And if you do that, then I think they're going to be they're they're going to shut them down. And that to me is going to be the, the key, the key for this one. And when you point that out, you're talking about Florida State, North Carolina, USC, games where the run fits from the linebackers and the safeties allowed those big plays to happen. Yeah. For the most part in the past game, Notre Dame hasn't – they've been consistent in not giving up big plays in the past game. Most of the big plays really have come yeah. in the run game. And the times you've seen big plays in the past game, it's been a blown assignment. It's somebody assignment. turning a guy loose against North Absolutely. Carolina, you know, on that right. pump fake and go. It's the, no. We saw the same thing against uh, Toledo, the 67-yard game. The guy goes under – K.J. Walsh goes under instead of over top. Yeah. Uh, or a bad angle like on the wheel route against Florida State early right. in the season. Right. Yeah, um, Houston. Yeah, Houston, that was that was Toledo. Houston had the bad technique in the in the slot right. on the wide fade against Florida State. The same Florida same State. thing. Just same yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, right. It's been plays like that. It has yeah. uh, Stanford safety. Two safeties take bad angles to a to a deep end cut and yeah. lets the tight end run for a big play. So those are those are the ones. Um, those are the ones that that I think for me are. Are, are big. And like you said, if one happens, that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're on scholarship too. Mm-hmm. Right? They can make a big play. They have guys that can make big plays. You know yep. what? Get back in the huddle. That play's done. If they're in yep. the red zone, make them kick a field goal. Yep. You know, and yep. go from there. Ultimately, like Vince said, I think the stat is, and I, I saw this. I think Notre Dame has won 39 straight games when they've held opponents under 20 points. Oh, it's got to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think oh, it's yeah. like 39 straight games they've won when they've held a team under 20 points. So for me, this game was more about because of what I expect from the Notre Dame defense. This game for me is about the offense mm-hmm. because I expect Notre Dame to hold them under 20 points. Mm-hmm. Now, can this Notre Dame offense put up 27? 30 points, you know, on their own without help from special teams and defense. We'll see. But that's why I say you need a total team effort. Like, I need to see some special teams, defense, and offense to be able to get to the 30s. And if they get to the 30s, this game is going to be a double-digit win, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it can be that. I think it can be that. And my final key, and this comes down to sort of why I don't think they're good enough to um, move the ball up and down the field is because I think it is. I think Notre Dame is going to dominate on first down, and that's a key. Oklahoma State's not a great play behind the sticks team. They're not a great throw. Be successful when everybody knows you're going to throw type of team. They are a staying ahead of the chains. Like if you look at their numbers, they're a they're they rank among the the worst in the country. Well, let me say worst. They're in the bottom half of the national rankings when it comes to like yards per play, yeah. when it comes to yards per pass attempt, yards per rush. They rank 76 in the nation in yards per rush attempt. They rank 80th in the country in yards per pass attempt. Uh, total offense, they rank 91st in the country in yards per play. Those are the things that 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 you've got to make sure that you 
hold them to that. You can't let them get the big plays. But right. when you put them behind this, and what that those numbers tell me is they are a chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away kind of team. They're gonna, you know, it's like the old the, what it should be. You know, the whole three clouds, the three yards in the cloud of dust. They've always found that to be a stupid expression yeah. because three yards in the cloud of dust gets you to fourth down. Okay, and that doesn't work if you're in your own territory. Right. Four yards, four yards, four yards, four yards, four yards. That gets you into third and two. That gets you into manageable things where the running, the throwing, and the quarterback runs are all on the table. If you're getting them behind the sticks on first and second down, that's where your offense is going to, your defense is going to be able to pin its ears back and really attack. Yeah. And they don't have the offensive line to contain their game. So success on first down is going to be the biggest, the biggest key for, like, not the biggest key, but it, it I went with it last because it's a foundation for everything else, you know, and it's, it, everything, it's kind of the culmination of all those other things is you've got to be going on first down. If you're going on first down, getting after the quarterback, limiting big plays, slowing down the run game, being good on third down. Yeah. All the other things that we could focus on as legitimately good keys to the game, it all boils down to first down success. You have first down success, and they've got a chance to really do something here. Yeah, if this was a heavyweight fight, Oklahoma State, they want to muck it up. They want to get inside. I'm being muted, so I'll bring you over here in a second. They want to make it dirty. They want to make it a dirty fight, and Notre Dame is the more skilled fighter. That wants to keep his distance, right. box, yeah, win on points, and don't let him have the knockout shot. Absolutely, right, absolutely. And Notre Dame just has to play his game, you know, keep yep. his distance, do what you have to do, and play. I'll, I'll give Mike Gundy a lot of credit for this and that entire coaching staff. I don't know what they saw, whether it was early in the season or in fall camp, but they saw like, yo. The defense is going to be the strength of this team. You know, Sean, I asked Coach Gundy about that in the initial press conference, and he said this is actually something they've been building to for a few years. Okay. I was surprised. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He said about three, four years ago, they started – they said they took two scholarships away from the offense and put them on defense. Hmm. They started this transition a few years ago because they're like, look, we need to get faster. We need to have more athletes. We need to be able to – That's good so. Right, and you see it now. Like they're bringing guys off the bench that are just as good as yeah. as guys that are starting. You know, yeah. they're they're so much more athletic on the back end than they were a few years ago. They, they've yeah. always had like a good corner here, a good corner. They've got several corners in DB. I mean, I'm Bronco fan. I remember Durant Williams. You know, yeah. from back in the day, right? Yeah. Uh, Justin Gilbert, the kid that was a first round draft pick recently. But they're, they've got the volume of players now is the key for me. So this was a strategic move that he's been working towards. And you know what? Kudos to him in an era where everybody else is trying to catch up to Oklahoma. He mm-hmm. said, okay, instead of us trying to be like Oklahoma, let's recruit to stop Oklahoma. Right. And, you know, to me that – because he, man, he's been so steadily good, so steadily good. And I still believe Mike Gundy was screwed out of a national title. I, I always believe that. 2011, yeah. Oklahoma State should have played against LSU in the title game. Yeah, I 100%. Agree. And they would have beat LSU. Because they, they flat out would have beat LSU that year. Yeah. And and they, they should, to me, that, that was one of the biggest travesties of the last 15 years of college football. But it is what it is. So, Sean, any other keys that you would focus on before we go, jump into game predictions? Um, like you said, no big so, plays. Chris Tyree. No big plays. He's from That's it. I, no big plays. As long as Notre Dame stays away from the big play or, in our analogy, as long as they don't get hit by the haymaker, mm-hmm. Notre Dame will win this game. They yeah. will control the game. They will keep Oklahoma State under 20 points, and then they will put their offense in great field position. 
that that's the big thing for me because of the ineptitude of the numbers you just spoke about with the Oklahoma State offense more than likely is going to lead to great field position for Jack Cohn in the offense. Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn in the offense, instead of having to go 80 yards, now the 63 yards, 50 yard right. drive. That's how you can really get points and get up early on this team. And if you get up early in this team and you allow your D line to take over the game, they don't have they don't have the offense to play from behind, like you said. Mm-hmm. They don't. If you go look at the Big 12 championship game, they struggled because they got from behind. And the game really would have been out of reach if Baylor had taken advantage of the yes. opportunity. Baylor had yes. an opportunity to blow that game. Yes. It should have never been close. Yes. It should have never yes. been close. So Oklahoma State, they can't fall behind like that against Notre Dame. Right. That's that's not gonna work. So yeah. like you said, start fast, get out early, get up on this team, take them up. You know what it reminds me of very subtly? It reminds me of the shows we did together leading up to the Cincinnati game. Because mm-hmm. we talked about making Cincinnati feel uncomfortable. Don't let them come in they here. Never did. And we and Notre Dame made never made them feel uncomfortable at all in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing with Oklahoma State. Yep. You have to make them feel uncomfortable. They this is the amazing thing. Oklahoma State knows who they're playing. Yep. Mike Gundy talked about it. Their players have talked about it. Like, yo, just the opportunity to play Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. We know how big this is. And Mike Gundy said, we've been trying to get on that schedule for the past three years. And they're booked up until 2031. Like, this is on the players and the coaches' mind that, yo, we're playing Notre Dame. This is mm-hmm. huge for our program. Well, guess yeah. what? If you hit them in the mouth and let them know, yes, you are playing Notre Dame. And this is mm-hmm. what it's like. Let's see how they respond to that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we got some super chats we're going to get to here first. But, Sean, it's prediction time, my man. All right. And we're going to mix it up a little bit today, okay? We had Vince had his prediction on early. You know how, like, ESPN on game day back when it actually didn't suck? They would, like, kind of have somebody on early to make a prediction. Then they do yeah. at the end. They do the celebrity prediction, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I got my own personal family celebrity that's going to give our first prediction today, all right? So, Zachary Berry, come on, man. This is my nephew, Zach. Come on in What's here, up, buddy. Zach? Get down in here. This is my nephew, Zachary. Okay, check out. Look, he's got the IB hat on. He's part of IB Nation. This is going to be his first Notre Dame game. So I flew him and my dad down for the Arizona game. And Zachary is ready to make our first prediction. So get in here, buddy. Get in here. Uh, I think um, Irish going to win 24-14. 24-14. And Zachary, we're going to make you pick an MVP for the game. Who's your MVP pick? Uh, Chris Tyree. 
And why? Because he's from Virginia. Because that's oh. where all the ballers are from. Zachary's from Virginia. All right. Yeah. So he is a baseball player, though. Although he is currently starting on his, was it what, eighth grade? Seventh. seventh grade basketball. He's It's junior high, right? But he's a seventh grader on a seventh and eighth grade team, correct? And he starts on his basketball team. And last year he played his first year of football, but he's more of a baseball guy, Sean. Wait, so who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite baseball player, Zach? Who's your favorite baseball player? Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Ooh, that's now, I, I, his, his dad's a Tigers fan, and so he's seen Miguel play a lot. He, so Zachary Zachary loves people with sweet swings, and as we all know, <laughs> Miguel, Miguel Cabrera had, has Now, when he was a kid, his favorite player was Justin Verlander. Okay. And so we have some (laughs) (laughs) we have some video when Zach was a kid trying to say Verlander. It was awesome. (laughs) So he is a baseball guy. This is my nephew Zachary's my first nephew. He's actually born on my wife's birthday. So I told him today at breakfast, I said, This is the one one niece or nephew that I whose birthday I will never forget unless I want to get in real big trouble. Because he has the same birthday as my wife Angela. So Zachary, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. Appreciate it. Zachary, Zachary Notre Dame 24, Oklahoma State 14. Chris Tyree is going to be the MVP. You and your dad should feel really good because the Tigers – I think the Tigers are going to be really good this year. <laughs> Didn't they just get um, the kid from the Mets, right? Yeah. The shortstop? Yeah. The, the, they used, to, used to be with the, the Cubs. They have some really good prospects. Yep. I think they're going to be really good and surprise a lot of people. All right, Sean, so now it's your turn. It's Yo, prediction time. You know me. I don't like to be PC. You know that about me. I'm going to walk out on a limb. I think we're going to see Jaden Thomas or some of the explosive player returning punts. I think we're going to see a far departure from just putting a guy back there that can just fair catch it. We're going to make plays. We're going to put our playmakers in a position to make plays. We're going to get a special teams touchdown. We're going to get a defensive touchdown. Logan Diggs is going to go for about 75 yards. We're going to get about 250 from Jack Cone. We don't need 300 from him. Mm-hmm. 250 is going to be enough with a couple of big plays. And I'm saying 34-14 Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So you said how 34-15? 34-14. 14, okay. Notre Dame. 34-14 Notre Dame. Okay. So everybody that's betting – Go out there and take that point and a half because that's a that's a that's a gift to all Notre Dame fans to only be giving away a point and a half in this game. I have not understood the spreads for against Notre Dame all year. Man. I just I just I don't I don't get it. No. I don't understand it. I don't know where it was coming from. I don't I don't get any of it. And this is another one that I don't understand. So, you know, you know, I don't. I don't. Point and a half. When I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, there's something to this. So, to me, I I think this is going to be a convincing win. I think it's going to be a convincing low scoring win. Though I'm going twenty seven ten. I just have a hard time seeing Oklahoma State really moving the ball consistently on Notre Dame. I think their offensive line doesn't match up well with Notre Dame's. I think that Notre Dame's got some guys that are really hungry. I think you've got a guy calling plays that has something to prove. You have a staff that has something to prove. You have some guys in the back end that have something to prove that have now gotten a lot of work together. 
I think that is going to be to me a big a big takeaway from from the game. I think that's going to be a big part of it too. So I'm going with I'm going with Notre Dame 27, Oklahoma State 10. That's how hmm. I think it's going to be. And okay. I think Notre Dame is going to have good success early. I think I think Oklahoma State will make some some adjustments, and but Notre Dame is just going to get out to a, a decent you know 10, 13 early, and Oklahoma State just not going to be able to to come back. And then when you get in the second half up 14 to 17 points, I just don't. I think they're going to get behind the sticks and now you've got to throw and that's when Notre Dame's going to have some success. So I could see Notre Dame putting some on that 27-10, but it being like a Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game where the final score was much bigger than the actual, the actual see that. score. But I think 27-10 is where I'm comfortable saying that's what it's going to look like when the game is still sort of in question is what I think. And then I could even see Oklahoma State putting one on it late you know, something like that to make it 27-17. But yeah. I think if Notre Dame plays their game and protects the football and just plays to their potential as a team, yeah, that's where I'm going with. And, I, and I've been back and forth. I was at like 24-9. to nine. I was at like 27-20, 27-17. I've been back and forth. But I've, I've really felt like this is a matchup, a positive matchup for Notre Dame from the beginning. I've liked this matchup from the beginning. The more I dive into the film, the more I can kind of feel good about, about where – where they are in this matchup. As long as they play their game, I, I like where their name is at. I, yeah, I agree totally with you. Uh, I go 34 because, like I said, I just want to see total domination. And I expect all three phases to uh, to add to the point total. And that's why I went into the 30s. I do respect – I do respect um, Oklahoma State. And I told you I think Mike Gundy's done an excellent job. Mm-hmm. Recognize yeah. – you talked about it to recognize where his program was and then to midstream change direction and go in the opposite direction and build it in a totally different way and get to the point where literally they're one yard away from possibly being in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. like half a yard at that. So it should be a great game. Yeah. It should be a great game. It really should. All right. So we're going to finish up with some questions and some, some Q and A's and some, uh, some, mm-hmm. uh, did you give your MVP? I did not. I did not give my MVP. I'm sorry. Who was your MVP? I'm going to go Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn? Yeah. Okay. My MVP is going to be Kurt Heinisch. <laughs> I have a feeling that Kurt Heinisch is just going to be a monster in this game. And we talked okay. about this the other day in a show. Kurt Heinisch is always like a just a raging machine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just a – you know you're always going to get that kid's best. Now he is yeah. definitely – there's no question playing in the last game of his career – yeah, like no question about it. Last game of his yeah. career, I think he's going to just be a monster. I, I think he's going to blow up. I think he's going to have a couple big hits on their running back. I think he's going to have a pressure. I think, I think he's the guy that you look at and say, "Boy, that guy just got it all going." I'm going to go a little unpredictable, and I'm going to go Kurt Heinrich. So at the end of the game, we you know there may be somebody that has more yards, and it may go to an offensive guy, you know, because that's kind of how these things go. But I think when we, you and I are sitting down breaking down the film afterwards, I'm like, man, Kurt Heinrich was just a, a monster in this game. Like just, just. What a way for that kid to, to, you know, finish his career. So that that's my unconventional MVP pick. Sean is going to be Kurt Heinisch. That that's going I to see be that. So, I'm here for that. Yep. I'm yep. That. 
No question. No question. Yeah, I think My exactly. mom just texted me. She said that Zachary needs to be an IB broadcaster on the local affiliate <laughs> in I Virginia. Like I, I like that. that. I think that's good. I, like that. I think that's good. Absolutely. 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 Well, let's get to some super chats here. Michael S., I remember the enthusiast. Michael's just a, been a buddy. I don't know what's going on with you, man. God, God, pick you up, Michael. Get you on some positive vibes here. Says I remember the enthusiasm among Notre Dame fans when Faust was hired after Divine, who fans thought 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 had held Notre Dame back with his boring scheme. Hope not the same. I was three when that happened, so I can't tell you what Notre Dame fans thought of Jerry Faust coming along. But I, I, that was the I think because they won. I want to. I want to say that was right before my real fandom started yeah, like you'd have been like what six when he was hired 81 yeah yeah, yeah. and then and, and then was, divine had won a title at notre dame kelly yeah. had not that's right the and so, divine wasn't a well-liked like divine wasn't the pick a lot of the fans this is according to lusa mojo this isn't me mm -hmm. this before i was born Ooh, what right, i talked yeah. to you about this is that divine wasn't necessarily someone that the people loved anyway and a lot of people felt that the team he won in 77 that he won with was kind of more about, you know, sort of like Les Miles winning a title in 07 after taking over for Nick Saban, who had left back in 04. He was still riding the coattails of what Nick Saban had done, just like Devine was riding the coattails of what Era had done. Right. That's what some people thought. And and I don't know if that's true or not. That was before my time. But it's not like he replaced, you know, Charlie Weiss, right? Mm -hmm. Like like Kelly did. So I don't know how people excited people were from Faust, but he was a, a high school coach. Well, you can know? I say this to Michael? Can I say this to yeah. Michael? Michael, we have a coach, in my opinion, that not only can identify special traits in players, but can find a way to get them on the field so that those traits can help the team mm -hmm. instead of being loyal based upon a player being an upperclassman mm -hmm. or just somebody likes or someone he likes. And if you just look at immediately who Marcus Freeman targeted when he became defensive coordinator from a recruiting standpoint, you see the difference. Mm -hmm. Right. And how, and how he views Notre Dame, how he views Notre Dame and how he views the program and how it can attract the best. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to see. So that should be enough for hope. John Peters with the super chat. Super chat. Thank you, John. It says finally caught a live show. Welcome, Sean, Brian, and Ben's keep up the great work. Welcome, Sean. Period. See if you don't, you got to make sure you read that correctly because then it sounds like you know, welcome, Sean, Brian, Sean, Brian, and Vince. Welcome, Sean. Period. Brian and Vince keep up the great work. See you in Dublin. Yes, that's we are definitely looking forward to that. Some of our Irish brethren will be. Head out to that game and see now that Sean's officially on board, you know he's gonna start trying to hit me up for like, hey man, you need a third person when you guys travel out to Ireland in a couple of years. <laughs> Just saying, you know, I can do the camera work, I can do this. You need a producer oh, for the shows out there. <laughs> I carry your water, whatever you need. I got. You. I would never ever disrespect you know. If you have a cord hanging as you walk back and forth. Tie my shoe, Sean. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my goodness. All right. We got a few more super chats down here. We do got some predictions coming in. Juan says 24 to 6, Notre Dame. Terry Washburn has Notre Dame winning 24 to 10. 
That is close to Zachary's uh, prediction there. John Zabrowski is picking predicting big things from Xavier Watts. He says, I predict Xavier Watts is a big game and yeah. picks Spencer Sanders. I would love to see that. I think everybody here knows how much I think of him as a, of a, as a player. So, yes, yes. Let's Terry Washburn honest. said – what's that? Go ahead, Sean. Let's be honest. Everybody, if Notre Dame wins this game, we're all going to watch this game at least two or three times before the next day. Let's be honest. If they win? Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 We're, we're going to sit there and watch this game at least three times. 100%. Like 100%. in the first 24 hours afterwards. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Terry Washburn says, does Irish Breakdown have other reporters? Saw one I've never seen before asking the new coach questions. Yeah, that's Mike uh, Mike Hutton. Mike Hutton has been our beat reporter all season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's who that was. So it was Mike was our beat writer. We had Grant Del Vecchio was a student at Notre Dame who was doing an internship with us, helped us with some interviews and did some really good work as well. And obviously Vince, myself, and now Ryan and Sean. So we are ever expanding. There's no doubt about that. Alan Krentz has Notre Dame winning 24 to 20. AST 12321 with a super chat. Thank you, my friend. Does Oklahoma State have the horses at wide receiver to abuse Lewis? He has struggled versus top receivers before. Abuse him? No. To beat him for a couple of big plays? Yes. I think Tay Martin and Jaden Bray are both guys that could hit a big play or two in this game. There's no question. Now, beat him the way that Alex Pierce beat him at Cincinnati? I don't think so. But beat him in, in, you know, where they could make a couple big important plays? Absolutely. Absolutely they can. Michael S. says Faust won his first game, lost to Michigan. My dad just sent me his prediction, Sean. My dad, who's also down here for the game, sent yeah. me his prediction. He's going Notre Dame 31, Oklahoma State 10. So he is very close to you. He took three away from Notre Dame and four away from Oklahoma State. So very similar outcome that uh, uh, that that uh, that you had on that one, too. I, I always follow wisdom. That's right. That's so, right. I'm, and with age comes wisdom, that's right? right. <laughs> You're right. not going to like me saying that. Oh, <laughs> Y-Jax, I love the name. Y-Jax from Super Chat, love Sean coming on with the recruiting analysis. Great hire. I agree. I think it is a great hire. I'm excited to get Ryan and Sean both on board. This is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And we're just going to keep growing this thing, and it's just it's going to be a blast. But, hey, here's the thing. We're not growing this because I wanted to just because, right? Because right. no matter what I want to do, I would love to hire Rocket Ismail as a full-time you know, co-host on our show. We can't <laughs> afford to do that, right? I mean, these hires are, are, are because we have the ability to do so because of you all. Right? And way our podcast. I mean, Sean, Vince and I come out this other day. When we started launching shows in January, we were at like 300, 400 subscribers mm-hmm. less than a year ago. Now we're almost to 8,000 because of you all. So because our, our website has grown, because our YouTube has grown, our podcast has grown, my goal on the message board was to get to 1,000 subscribers by the beginning, the kickoff of the 2022 season. We're already way past that now, and it's not even January 1st yet. And I promised you all when we have that growth that we will expand, and I couldn't think of a better way. And I've been talking for a while, like, how to find a way, some way, somehow, someday to get you on on a more full-time basis. And the reason I'm able to do that now is because of you all, because of your support, because of what you guys do, the fact that you leave these Super Chats all the time, because you watch the shows, because you, you sign up for the message board, because you read the articles. All that growth in all those different platforms has made it to where we're going to kick off 2022 with two brand new hires. 
that are just going to hit the ground running. I mean, Sean's already like setting up interviews. Ryan's already got a, a, Ryan actually wrote a story that I'm going to publish tomorrow before he even was officially hired. Like these guys are ready to go. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about it. So uh, Y Jax, thank you very much for the super chat and, um, and helping to make sure that we can continue to pay, able to pay these guys. So Absolutely. don't stop. Don't stop. So old grim in the super chat. This is my 70th, 70th birthday is Friday. I want to see my Irish win 38, 10 on Saturday. I'm going to, I'm gonna give Coach Freeman a call real quick. Say, "Old Grim, needs you to hang one on him on Saturday for his birthday." So I'm gonna pass that note along to Coach Reese and Coach Freeman and Coach Elston, and we'll have them work on that for you, Old Grim. So absolutely, absolutely. And I think we got a super chat down here. Spank four one two. My prediction over Kai two hundred. The rest of the world zero. <laughs> so isn't the new season supposed to be coming out here soon? Isn't it? I, I, right. I, I have to finish the last season. I didn't mm-hmm. finish it yet. Yeah, it was yeah. it was decent. It was decent. I actually binge watched it because I I had no interest in watching it. Like it's okay, just, whatever. And then people just kept saying you got to watch, you got to watch it because like redos of things usually don't I don't enjoy right. Right. Like, it's just like okay, we've been there, done that, right? Like right. rarely do I like them when they do that. Like I actually liked the new the 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 last Rocky that came out, the one where he fought Antonio Tarver. Yeah. Right, that I actually like that. Normally, I hate that kind of stuff, but I so I watched it and I was like, "This is going to be so lame," and I really enjoyed it. I, so I, I, I'm looking forward to the new one coming out. Michael S had heard that DB Cameron Hart is out, uh, is out because of injury. Is that true? I don't know. It name has not officially said anything about him being out. I think that obviously he was had his knee wrapped up at practice on Wednesday. That could have been something as simple as a bruise. It could be something more severe. I, I don't know. We'll continue to try to figure that out. I doubt that Notre Dame is going to say much about that until we get closer to the game. Didn't they say he was limited in practice? He was limited in practice, yeah. Not but he has, he's yet right, he was practice. dressed. He was dressed, and he has knee wrapped. So the right. media only was there for 15 minutes. Right. And then they got booted. So I don't know if he right. practiced the rest of the day or not. I, I just know that he had his knee in, in uh, wrapped. So wrapped in ice, I think, is what was reported. So – that's kind of what we what we saw. Patrick Bird says MVP is Kevin Austin with four catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns. That'd be a nice way for him to go out. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. If he does Colin that, he the league. Yeah. Oh, I think he's probably gone anyway. I that's yeah. just my opinion. But if he does that, it's a it's a peace it's out. You know. Yeah. Colin Park, MTA, Myron Tungvaluamos is going to the NFL, right? Yes, he is. He will not be back next season. Uh, you. <laughs> this is so wrong. UIW swimmer MVP is Matt Salerno with six punt returns for minus three yards. I love the first part. I'd love for him to have at least six punt returns. No question. No question. Corey Flynn says, which sports bar is the Friday meetup in Phoenix? 130 still. Uh, Corey, that is going to be at Marley's in downtown. Damn Marley's spot? Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Nice. Yep. Yep. I this is Ryan. I'm, I had to put this up there. I had to put this up there. Ryan Ryan says I thought Sean was going to pick Kane Madden. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I deserve that. I deserve. That. <laughs> wow. I, I love this response, Steve Wilker. There are NFL guys with shorter careers than Kurt Heinisch's at Notre Dame. There aren't many guys with longer careers in the NFL than what Kurt Heinisch had. Kurt Heinisch had Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. I think we have a couple more super chats here. Okay. Chris F. With a super chat. Thank you, Sean. It's on you now to get Carnell Tate. Congrats, man. Hey, so, if, if, already come with the pressure, Sean. If, if Brian ups the expense account, I'll, I'll do everything within my power. Yep. Uh, my first thing is we're trying to get him back here to play high school ball in Illinois his senior year. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the first thing. Which would be good for Notre Dame. Get him a little closer. Definitely good for Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's up to me. It's up to me to buy Cardinal Tate. What am I like? What am I? One of these big boosters from Texas A&M? Come on now. No, no, we'll do it subtly. Okay, we'll do it subtly. We'll do it subtly. We'll get to okay. his heart. We'll clearly, his heart. clearly, Sean is joking. Okay, just in case everybody, anybody has any questions about that. John Nessler with a super chat. Thanks, John. Twenty four seventeen Notre Dame MVP Logan Diggs. I can see that. I can see that. Eric Fasano twenty to seventeen Notre Dame. Not pretty, but it'll count. And that's really. That's really all that matters, Eric. At the end of the day, I don't care if Notre Dame wins 10 to 9. I, I do not care. Win the, the game. game, right? I'm 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 going old coach term, right? I'm going coach term. Yeah. Win the game, right? That's why you play. And that's what they need. They need the win. That's all that matters. It doesn't have to be a blowout. It doesn't. You know, like dropping dimes, 31 nothing. Tyree, two kick returns for TDs. If that happens, then my nephew's gonna look like a freaking genius because he picked Chris Tyree as the MVP. So okay, my nephew is a freaking genius, but now he's going to even more so. You all are going to know he's a freaking genius because that's who the MVP would be, right? He's going to pull a Desmond Howard and get a special teams MVP, right. right? So yeah, that would be that would be huge. Matt, 2011 GT with age comes wisdom, and we have a lot of age, Sean. That's a nice thing. Sean will always be older than me. That's hey, one thing I'll always be take my grave. <laughs> all right, Corey D with super chat. I asked this question a couple weeks ago, but things are fluid. Have you heard anything about Dell? Look. I've said this the other day, and it hasn't changed, right? Man. I, somebody who I respect, a guy like Tim Priester, who has reported that he's gone. I, I was told that Eric Hansen has said that he's not going to be back. I just haven't heard that from any of my sources. I haven't. I have not heard from a single source that he's not coming back next year. So until somebody tells me definitively that he's not coming back next year, I have to think that – look, because Coach Quinn was told pretty much right away, you're not going to be back. I've been told Dell Alexander has not been told he's not coming back next year. So unless he leaves on his own or something changes from what I've been told between now and then, he's going to be back. And I, this is one of those times that I hope uh, that that I might I'm wrong. I want to so be wrong on this mm. for a million reasons, but I also can't just make information up. I am not saying Tim and Eric made information up. They have different sources than mine. All I, I'm just saying I can't go with what they're saying because that's not what I'm hearing, and that mm. would be. Better. I'm going to give them credit. They're hearing that he's not going to be back. Yeah. And I hope their sources are better connected on this particular issue than mine because that would be a positive for Notre Dame and him coming back would not be. And my nephew and dad will also be at the, the deal tomorrow. Just want to let everybody know that. And Zachary told Corey, who asked about where we're going to be, that he is uh, looking. So he will see you then. So hoping, hopefully you guys will be there. So I'm looking forward to that. Tommy Guns is fired up. Notre Dame 42. 40. Hopefully it'll take 14 hours, baby. Let's go. That would be – I don't predict that. I, I don't. I don't predict that at all. I can't predict that kind of blowout just because I think Oklahoma State's a really good football team. Unless it goes like the Wisconsin game. Right. But if that happens, oh, man. <laughs> man. Talk about some serious momentum being built into the offseason. Man. Goodness gracious. 
Goodness gracious. Corey Flynn says, detail, thank you for the Super Chat, Corey. Details on IB Friday Sports Bar Phoenix Meetup. It's going to be 1.30. We're going to start at Marley's. So uh, if you plan on going, hit me up with a, with a DM because right now I have I have room for a certain amount. And if we're going to get even more than that, then I need to make sure that they know that there's more room. Okay. Let's get do some more here. Uh, here's So there's... Sid Iris says, who has Oklahoma State played this year? I think Oklahoma State's played a couple good teams. They've played Baylor twice. Yeah. Played Oklahoma. Oklahoma's yeah. a good team. Is this a vintage Oklahoma team? No. Is Oklahoma State a good team? Or Oklahoma a good team? Yeah, it's still a good team. They showed last night they're still a pretty good team. Finished year 11 and 2, right? So they haven't played a juggernaut schedule, but they've played a they've played a decent schedule. I mean, Boise State's an okay out-of-conference game at Boise State. Yeah. They've played all the Big 12 teams. This wasn't a great year in the Big 12. I'm not going to sit there and act like, oh, they've played a juggernaut schedule. But, look, they did what you're supposed to do against that kind of schedule. They dominated that schedule from a defensive standpoint. Their offense wasn't great, which is why some of these games were a little bit lower scoring. But their defense played really good football. This is a good football team. I mean, we what we can't do is sit there because they're Oklahoma State and not Oklahoma or Bama or Ohio State or, or Clemson or a team like that and then just dismiss them like they're not good. Notre Dame wins this game. They beat a good football team. We're yeah. not going to also convince you that this is like beating Georgia. It's not. It's no. not like beating Clemson or Ohio State. It's not. But this is a good football team. This is a legitimate top 10 football team. In my mind, there's no question about it. And their second loss came in a rematch. That's why I don't like rematches because it's hard to beat a good team twice. And, you know, they, they controlled the action against Baylor the first time. And Baylor got the rematch. But this is a good football team. And I'm not saying Sid is saying they're not, but I, I do get a sense from some that they don't think Oklahoma State's that good. And and I would say don't don't kid yourself. This is a good football team. And to be fair, there are a lot of people that could look at our at Notre Dame schedule and say, who has Notre Dame played? Oklahoma State's got a lot more top 25 wins right now than Notre Dame does. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Patrick Bird, 42 to 13 defense gets the three gets three turnovers and the D-line feed. Now, three turnovers could result in this thing being 42 to 13. Yes. Right, right. Because you could get like two or three short fields, maybe a pick six, recover a couple fumbles, or a pick, kind of like what happened with Baylor. If if they have the same kind of turnovers against Notre Dame like that against Baylor, this game will not be close. No. Will not be close. It will not be close. Okay, let's get down to the last few. Eric Passat, a lot of blowouts. Here we go. Uh, Father David Penny, live chat on the message board during the game. Of course. Of course it will. Absolutely. Brian J. Irish, 28 to 10. Go Irish. I like that pick. That's close to mine. I had 27-10, so I like that, Brian. Brian's got to stick together, even though you spell your name not quite perfectly. It's all right. We're close enough. Christopher Galloway, Notre Dame 35, Oklahoma State 17. I like that one. I like that one. John Maltabano. 31-21, Logan Diggs has a monster day. And then the last one, Sean, from Steve H. Notre Dame 28, Oklahoma State 13. Any of these ones down here like this, like mine, like yours, Sean, but even so, you know, maybe less for Notre Dame, I think these things are big, you know. Um, yeah. I think these things are big. That's I that's agree. a big key. Corey, yep. I um, – I have a feeling you're already coming, so you're good. I just was more of like to other people that are are thinking about coming that haven't told me so far that they're coming to let me know uh, that they are. So, 
All right. So, and then the Trek reviewer, 42 for Notre Dame, seven for Oklahoma State. And that, that I think that one, 42-17, D-Rock Irish, 27-21, Trek reviewer, 42-7. We got, we got down here, 42-7 Notre Dame, Savage, 41-17, go Irish, starting the year off right. I agree completely. And we're going to end with that one because I think that's, those are good scores to end with. Brian Hockney, 33-17, Irish O-line gets the MVP. He's going, he's going, he's going back to the old school. So he's going to get Marcus Freeman the same score in his first bowl game in Notre Dame that Brian Kelly had in his first bowl game in Notre Dame. Because yep. I believe that was the same score of the Miami game, wasn't it, Sean, in the Sun Bowl? Wasn't it 37, 33-17? I'm going to go look it up now. That's look it up. I thought they held Miami. Yeah, 33-17. It was 33-3, to and Miami scored twice Miami's late. late. You're right. You're late. Right. Yeah, but it was a blowout. This is Miami put a couple garbage touchdowns on them. Miami game. wanted no part of that cold weather. None. On you that knew game. that game was over. You saw them like they had. They looked like they were playing in the Antarctica. And Notre Dame <laughs> players are out there with like t-shirts on, and right. like they want no part of this game right there. Okay, and then Caleb Collins, thirty-eight ten. So that's where we're gonna leave it, everybody. Hey, thank you all so much. I'm so excited, so excited, Tommy. Thanks for the super chat. Tommy said my prediction isn't throwing shade or, or doubt about a. Oklahoma State, rather all about the chip on their shoulder. F you to BK, his comments and the committee. Hey, yep. this is your last what? This is the last two days to get that BK stuff off your chest. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. once we kick it off, that's it. It's it. He can he can be whatever he wants he to be. Be whatever he wants to be. Yeah. So everybody, thanks so much. This has been an amazing, amazing year. It really has. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with a uh, with a show. We're gonna we're gonna have a short, a little bit of a, a shorter, but we're gonna have a Q and A Q&A tomorrow. A mailbag, Friday mailbag, and then we're gonna go from the mailbag, or I'm gonna go from the mailbag to the restaurant to meet everybody. So we will be back tomorrow. Be a more normal time. Uh, One o'clock Eastern is when we'll get started. We'll go at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then we got to head to the restaurant. Uh, and that'll be our last show of 2021. And then we'll Vince and I, when Vince gets in town, we'll have uh, we'll have a post game show on Saturday at some point in time. That's why you have to be subscribed and hit the notification bell so you can know when that show is going to come. But you know, Sean, a year ago, man, at this time we were barely had a YouTube channel. Podcast was just getting started. Website was still recovering from what all went on the previous year with COVID. Just looking at it like, boy, I'd love to, I'd love for this to go somewhere. But man, right now it's just, we're, we're, we're this is going to be an interesting year. We're going to have to see what kind of growth we have. And man, did Irish Breakdown take off. It has been so much fun. Think about it, in January, we didn't have really a, a real YouTube channel. Podcast is just getting started. No message board to speak of. Right. Now you fast forward a year and our YouTube channel has taken off. Our podcast has taken off. Our, our message board has just exploded. The, the page views on the website, we're going to get to a million page views. This is going to be our first million page view month Incredible. since we came over Irish Breakdown. And it's all because of y'all. And so we just want a big shout out, big thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Sean's heart, because the reason Sean can officially join our team now is because of you all. And so we appreciate it very much. So uh, for Sean Davis, Irish Breakdowns, Sean Davis, for Vince Adario, for Ryan Roberts, who's our new recruiting director, uh, for everybody that's a part of Irish Breakdowns team, uh, thank you all so much. We look forward to seeing you all again tomorrow. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Check out the website. 
I had a very bold prediction in my first prediction for the playoffs tomorrow. So playoff tomorrow. So you're going to want to check that out. I had an interesting look at the Alabama-Cincinnati game. So anyway, everybody, have an awesome day. Talk to you again very, very soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.